Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit to guide us as we examine how our preparations can be used to preserve the life of ourselves, our family, and others. On this subject of preparedness, there are so many options and ideas of what to do, what to think, that it's all very individualized about what our choices actually are. We must investigate through our own orientation what to do. As we consider what our many concerns are, then we have to make a plan as we consider these possibilities and then do something. Everyone has different thoughts and different concerns. And what I hope to do is give you ideas, and some of these ideas will seem good to you, and some of them won't. But I hope to inspire your thoughts so that you can investigate what you want to do. There's lots of people who would be willing to tell you what to do, but I believe your own ideas are the best ones, and those are the ones that you will follow. You will do those things. So find out what your concerns are and give yourself answers about how to meet those concerns. You might even consider, what if you had no budget? Now, if you had no budget, this will let you freely identify your solutions to the problems you see. And after this consideration, then you rein in the possibilities and consider that you do have a budget. So the idea is to inspire you to think about the what if. What do you do if something to arise? So you think about it and come up with some ideas. Now, I am talking to you about stopping difficulties, whether they be death or suffering. So take some steps now. Examine what it is you want to consider, and you start with the basics, and then you get more things along the way. Now, the most basic thing is water. That is the first item of importance. Store some water, because if no water came out of your faucet, where would you get it? Not easy. Okay, the easiest thing is store some. Then you want to have some food. Now, I like grains and even dehydrated foods like vegetables. So, get grains, get wheat, get any other grains you want. Get sugar, oil, and salt, vitamins and flavorings, a wheat grinder. All these things are what you really need. You can also grow wheatgrass juice. It's incredibly nutritious. So, then you want a cast iron pot because you need iron in your body. So, those are the basics of food. Get warm clothes and a a sleeping bag. Remember to have walking shoes, and for most people that'll be boots. Maybe even get two pairs. There's a few extra things that are handy to have, like matches or a magnifying glass. Maybe you want to do some things for a shelter, maybe a makeshift shelter like a tent. All these things are good, but you get to figure it out. Have a flashlight, have a radio, have plenty of batteries. There's all sorts of things where you can do. Make your own list. But whatever you do, start thinking about it, get a list, and then you take those steps to start your preparations now. Before there's an urgent need, and what you want is hard to find. So this is episode 41, and remember to give thanks to God for the many, many blessings in your life that you do have. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. 
Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. My Savior God to Thee. How great Thou art. How great Thou art. Settle up your horses. Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised Word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to Red Sky Radio and the Red Sky Radio Ranch, where we ride hard for the brand, the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you all, wherever you may be listening. We are on throughout the Southwest. We're Northern California. We are Southern, well, Central California. We're Las Vegas. We are Phoenix. Uh, we're trying to expand. Uh, it's a program. We're going to start with good news. We're going to end with good news in between. It is an e-ticket ride. So hang on. If you have a comment, question, criticism, or a contribution. P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona. We do still take contributions. Yes, we do. We are trying to expand this program. We appreciate all the contributions that people make. We have some faithful supporters. God bless you guys. We are trying to add some sponsors, so it will take some of the burden off from our supporters. Um, And we thank you for that. But if you need to reach me, want to reach me, it's info at redskyradio.net, info at redskyradio.net, and you can catch the website at redskyradio.net. So let's get rolling here. Good news right out of the gate. I know that I often lead with good news that deals in some way, shape, or form with Mr. Trump. Not everything President Trump does is good. Not everything he does is right. He's doing a lot more good and a lot more right than he's doing bad and that's wrong. So I give credit where credit is due. I have a comment where I think he's made a wrong turn, for what it's worth. But this is really pretty noteworthy. That is the Trump economy, the one that Barack got so bent out of shape about two weeks ago because he thinks somebody is stealing his glory. Well, he did his best to destroy us, but notwithstanding his best efforts of him and his like-minded Democrats to destroy us, God has blessed us with a burgeoning economy, so much so that President Trump has now broken a record set by President Reagan. And that is the Small Business uh, Optimism Index. Now, I didn't even know this thing existed. We've had it for 45 years. So subtract 45 from, you know, 2018, and what does that give you? Well, it takes you back to the early 70s. So we were back to the uh, days of, we probably, it probably, it was, I think it was formed really around the days of malaise. I'll just call it that. The days of malaise. That was the Jimmy Carter era. The the optimism was low. That's when this index was started. I don't know how it's calculated, but it reached its peak with President Reagan until a couple of weeks ago, where it now has reached its peak under President Trump, for which Barack Hussein Obama is trying to take credit. He's trying to take credit for the highest economy in modern-day American history. 
which is, you know, which doesn't surprise me at all. And we're going to talk about his speech a little bit further because we're going to show you once again just what an incredible hypocrite the man is. But it seemed like for this point in time, we needed to give a uh, uh, an accommodation, a, a shout-out, a, uh, an accolade to President Trump, if you will, for the fact that the guy has done what he said he's going to do. He said he'd make America great again. It's as strong economically as it has been in a half of a century. Isn't that amazing? He has tampered down, if not having a complete commitment from North Korea to denuclearize. He's putting the squeeze on the Iranians and trying to reverse that which Barack Hussein did because he hates our country, always will. I mean, he gets treated like a king because that's what he likes. Do you ever see Hussein's, Barack Hussein's tax returns? You realize how much he gives to charity? That guy doesn't give jack squat diddly to charity. Nothing. He is only he was only ever interested in giving away your money, not his own. Whereas Trump does give a lot to charity and declines, of course, the salary, which CNBC or I'm sorry, MSNBC and CNN and all the others that are in that same dunk tank, they uh, would never let you know that, would they? No, they wouldn't. Well, to this speech, I don't know if you remember, um, I don't know how many of you read WorldNet Daily. It's a great publication. You're going to go WorldNet Daily, WND.net. It's a good online source of news, but they have a publication which I've subscribed to for a number of years. And I think they had one about five or six years ago called Divider in Chief because Obama was all about the politics of division. He was the one who really created identity politics and saying, if I can stick party A against party B, then uh, and I want party, party A, I can make them be the victims. I uh, separate them from party B by creating a division, and then I can capture the votes. And he was successful in his politics of division. But for him to come out at this speech in Illinois last week and contend that President Reagan and the Republicans are all about division is absolute, complete nonsense. I mean, it is just I, it is difficult to imagine the level of hypocrisy from this guy. And to prove it, I want to just give you a couple of, a couple of reminders. See, I mean, Obama is ticked that I don't think he's as ticked about not getting the glory as he is ticked about having his politics of division not working from the standpoint of halting the decline of the United States, because that's what Trump is doing. He's halting the decline. We have a reprieve. We have a stay of execution. And as you will hear from the beginning or at the end of this program, it is only a reprieve. It's only a stay of execution. It's not a commuting of a sentence. God has not given us a get-out-of-jail-free card like Jerry Brown did. How many murderers this week? Well, commuted their sentences. They, they didn't get out of jail. But took them off death row, commuted their sentences? I don't know. Maybe some of them go free. I mean, the, hey, 70% of all felons identify as Democrats. So there you go. Uh, he's, he's in good company. When he does that. But WorldNet Daily had this piece is called Divider in Chief. Because Obama's always spending time talking about supposedly the hatred and division fomented by, um, by Trump, and yet he was the one who has sparked division because it was what he wanted to do to get elected was to pit people against each other, and then cater and give away stuff to the people who he has now lifted up as victims. So whether it was race, gender, economic status, political ideology, it didn't really matter. So for it was Obama who used divisive language. He created divisive language. Nobody used divisive language in the history of, at least in my lifetime, politically, until Obama did. So he said, quote, it's wrong for a president to use divisive language, end quote. That's Obama. 
from his speech. Now, do you remember when he called everybody who opposed queer marriage as bigots? Yeah, that's right. He called them bigots. That is exactly the word he used if you oppose queer marriage. And, of course, he based his his, uh, evolution on same-sex marriage on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, that somehow that justified um, commemorating sodomy as a marriage vow. The only thing having to do with sodomy with Sermon on the Mount is the word mount. That's the only connection. Do you remember when he called the pro-life movement a war on women? His words. His words. Pro-life movement is a war on women. What a lying, stinking piece of garbage he is. Okay, who's getting killed? Where, all right, when you have a war, let's just, just break this down a bit. When you have a war, somebody's getting killed, right? It's the nature of war. The nature of war isn't to feed your enemy, and the nature of war is to kill your enemy, to do away with your enemy, to dispossess your enemy, disarm the enemy, at least wound them. Something where they are fully neutralized, if not extinguished. So let's see who dies in abortion. Because as we talk, the pro-life movement, he says, is war on women. Who dies in abortion? It is the innocent unborn child. I have so wanted to ask Obama this. I could, I could, I still say this today. If I could have 60 seconds on TV with Barack Obama, and the cameras are not on me, they're only on Barack Obama, I could prove in 60 seconds without him saying a word and without the camera being on me that he's a Muslim. It would be so easy, but he lies. He's a liar. He's a he's a pathetic. Well, you know what? I'll just skip all the adjectives I had lined up. Let me get back to my story. So, who's dying in abortion? Innocent unborn child. How many of those children are women? How many of them are girls? Let's just round it off at fifty percent because it is close to that. It's not exactly fifty, but it's very close. So, if if Obama is saying that. Protecting girls in the womb is a war on women. Do you see how? Do you see just how bad the guy is? Always been. Still is. I mean, goodness sakes! Now that's not even the end of it. He called those who wanted immigration laws enforced as racist. What does he think? Does he think it's just a bunch of blacks coming across the border? No, there are no blacks coming across the border. Is it just Mexicans? No, it's not Mexicans. It's not just Central Americans. I mean, what was it? Two years ago, we got caught something like 248 Islamo whack jobs from the Middle East coming across our southern border, and those are the only ones we caught. But that's racist to want to protect your own country? Do you remember when he suggested that Republicans were the enemy of Hispanics? This race-baiting jerk, and that's what he is. That's all he did. He created the politics of division. He laid down the bylaws for creating division. He was the one who set up the paradigm called identity politics. Let me ask you, when was the last time Barack Hussein ever spoke highly of the cops? Every single time there was some black guy who was shot or arrested or whatever, he always took the side of the alleged victim without knowing the facts. And every time he flapped his lips till his stupidity was manifest before everyone because he's been wrong every single time. Every single time he has fingered a cop, he's been wrong because he shot off his mouth and flapped his gums without having the knowledge, without having the facts. He's always wrong. And that's, you know what? And there's one other thing. I guess i got to cover this. You remember when he said, he was talking about, he, well, this is the identity politics. This is the severance. This is, this is Obama's version of creating divisionary types of po- divisive politics through identity politics, labeling people essentially deplorables. When he re- referenced people in the South, primarily, some in the Midwest, who cling to their guns and their religion. Do you remember that comment? 
In other words, we know Obama hates the First Amendment, unless it's Islam that's getting a break under the First Amendment. So he hates any religion other than that. But he says people who cling to the religion, he really means people who cling to Christianity. And people who cling to their guns. Barack Hussein, that's the Second Amendment. So Barack hates the First Amendment for anybody except people who think just like him and for Muslims. And he is against the Second Amendment for anybody who has guns except his own private entourage who gets to protect his hiney along with all the other Democrats who are against guns but who have all sorts of lethal protection protecting them. Gosh, I'm just getting started. Don't go away. This is Rob Walter. We will be right back with Red Sky Radio. Hi, this is Rob Walter, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. This is Rob Walter. We are back with Red Sky Radio. You know, I want to just, this just came to me during the break. If you look, I mean, beyond the politics of division, we have the politics of violence. Has Obama or Pelosi or Cammy Baby Harris, that stooge from California, has it, have any of these people ever really spoken out against Antifa? The violence, the violence from Black Lives Matter, the violence from anything on the left. Do they really put down the shooting of Republican Steve Scalise? Did anybody really speak up about the, uh, what was it here just the other day, the um, firebombing of the GOP office in Wyoming? Firebombed. It has been open for what, two days, two hours? No, two days. The GOP opened an office a Republican Party field office opened two days, and it got firebombed. Does the left talk about that violence and the facts that somebody could be killed? Did they, does the left talk about, is it anywhere in the air that just yesterday a, um, a Republican candidate in Castrovella, California, was arrested? I mean, I'm just going to – was attacked but with, and was stabbed with a knife by Mr. – oh, let's see. Let's see, gee. Let's see what the name of the guy is who stabbed him. Farzad Farzelli. Oh, gee, Farzad, where are you from? Another Democrat. Look, Obama created a politics of division that has lent itself to a politics of destruction and violence. We hear all the time, but the media doesn't present it. The mainstream media doesn't. Everywhere there are Republicans that are attacked, humiliated, stabbed, shot, Everything. There are no Republicans stabbing Democrats. There are no Republicans shooting Democrats. There is nobody on the right, even during the election cycle, that was doing that. Every single stinking act of violence or disruption during the campaign was a yin-yang Democrat following Hillary Clinton, who was the protege, so to speak, of Barack, at a Trump rally, tearing the place up, making noise, disrupting it. Look, it is a politics of division, and that's led to a politics of violence, and they feel justified in doing it. Now, I want to say something here that's going to shock some people. I've always been a big fan. If you've listened to this program over the last 13 years, or any portion thereof, you know that I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment. As I talked about last week, I said the Second Amendment is the most important amendment of our Bill of Rights because without it, all the others are ultimately worthless. They cannot be enforced if we can't defend ourselves. But in addition to the Muslim violence, because every virtually every terror attack, whether it's Farzad stabbing a Republican in California here yesterday, or whoever it is, 
that uh, that we have a a a mass attack disproportionately. Oh my gosh, what does it mean? Like eighty percent of the mass shootings are Muslims, and they comprise one or two percent of the. Come on, do the math, folks. You can figure it out. The religion has always advanced by the sword. Well, they can use elections. You can use the Muslim equivalent to the ACLU to sue people to try to just bend us into breaking and yield to their presence just like England has folded, just like Europe has tanked because they don't have the guts, they don't have the intelligence, they don't have the morality to stick up and try to defend their own country. And we're going down the same rat hole. It's that serious. So as time has gone on, there are only increasing reasons to carry a gun. I mean, if you're Shmalahu Shmakbar in a crowd, you better draw and be ready. Because something's happening. That doesn't happen in just your normal crowd. Somebody's getting ready to do violence to a lot of people because that's what they always yell out. What, glory to God when while you're killing people? Are you serious? Well, hey, that's what the Democrats do. They think that abortion is a godly thing. They think it's a righteous thing. That's what happened at the women's conference here a few weeks ago. They talk about how abortion is a blessing. So you say, like, killing children is a blessing. <clears throat> really not much difference. Until someday, this is going to be kind of interesting, if the Christians don't do jack squat diddly and we just surrender the country, which we sort of have been, and then you have the Muslims rise up, you have the women's radical feminazis, and then you have the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ crowd, and watch them fight it out for primacy. Watch them fight it out for pole position and the race to hell. Because those groups don't line up. And then you take La Raza, which wants five states out of the Southwest as their own, and for a new Hispanic state. So you got the Hispanics... You got the Muslims who aren't really crazy about the LGBTQRSUVWXYZ movement, and you got those pushing for that. And then it'll just, you know, I don't know if I'll live long enough. Maybe I don't want to be around here if this country continues to go downhill, the f- speed at which it is. But I want to tell you, I have another reason for people to need to be able to carry a gun. And that is. If you're in any particular area where others don't, meaning if you are in Democrat territory, the Democrats are increasingly violent. They're little yin-yang companions and their lemmings that are in the media. Do not call them out. Oh, they'll give a little bit of lip service because if they don't, then they then they actually will be manifestly the barbarians that we know they are, but they try to conceal that component of their character. It's part of the DNA. Bad people get worse. They, 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 there's a bad DNA there. There's any other reason. Somebody asked me, oh, I've actually been asked this a number of times, but just asked me again very recently. Because I was in Colorado over the weekend. And then they asked me why, even Colorado has a ban of no magazines, gun magazines, greater than 10 rounds. Girl like California. And part of asked me, he said, well, why would you ever need a magazine that hold more than 10 rounds? And my answer was, well, suppose you're savagely attacked by 11 Democrats. Sorry, 11. It could be 11 realtors. It could be 11 lawyers, which I am. It could be 11 pastors. But nobody seems to be condoning violence more than Muslims and Democrats. So that's the way it is. Nobody calls out these democrats for these individual acts of violence. No, it doesn't happen. And, and they feel self-righteous in shooting and stabbing and heckling Republicans and conservatives. I mean, look at the, look at the absolute drivel that's nothing more than urine coming out of the mouth of Maxine Waters or Kamala Harris or Cory Booker. I mean, you got Maxine, I mean, sorry, you got Kamala Harris during these Brett Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, this woman is whoring for the presidency, and Cory Booker is pimping for the presidency. It's the same approach. They'll lie, say anything. The media has proven that they are full of lies, and I, you're not going to believe what Kamala Harris did, which I hope I can get to. Here, I got so much to cover. I just hope I can get to it later here to show you just what she did. But to my point, 
about the greater and growing necessity of carrying a firearm. I just go to this one fellow who my heart goes out to him. Uh, His name is um, uh, Blaine Hodge. Blaine Hodge. You guys a hero. He really is. Now, I want, I want to say something about the word hero. Hero gets misused, misapplied. Firemen are not heroes. Policemen are not heroes. Soldiers are not heroes. When they die in battle, they are not heroes. No, they're not. The firemen and the policemen at 9-11, as much as I, I stood there and listened to a stirring bagpipe the other day, yesterday in, in Denver's airport, as there was a moment of silence and all the bag-checking things shut down to listen and, and give a moment of silence to those who, are, who had fallen. <clears throat> First responders, second responders, and all the people that were in the towers and in the planes and so forth. It was a moving moment. I was, I was glad. There was some measure of patriotism still showing up in Denver, which has kind of gone left. But they're not heroes. They were just doing their job. A hero is somebody who steps outside their calling, outside what they're being paid to do, and does something extraordinary <clears throat> solely on, to, for the benefit of somebody else out of the goodness of their heart. Not because it's their duty, not because it's their, they got paid to do it. I take nothing away from the firemen and the policemen. I love them. I pray for them. And you should too. But Blaine Hodge is a real hero in Bakersfield because a woman was being attacked at a Starbucks by a guy with a knife. Now, they won't reveal this guy's name. Uh, I think it's Farzad. I don't know his last name. I'm kidding. I don't really know what his name is. But increasingly, like Europe, when the attacker is Muslim, they aren't releasing the name because we aren't so stupid yet that we can't make the connection. But Blaine Hodge stepped in to save this woman. She got stabbed. Blaine Hodge got stabbed. He's in the hospital. You want to pray for somebody? He got This guy is a hero. Not only did he probably keep the woman from getting killed, who knows how many others this whack job would have stabbed. So what's my point? My point is if Blaine Hodge in California were allowed a concealed carry permit and he sees a woman getting stabbed, he could have shot that sucker without himself getting stabbed and probably shot him quicker before the guy got another stab wound into his initial victim. Look, we have the right to use lethal force to protect ourselves and to protect third parties when a reasonable person would conclude that a person is in imminent risk of serious bodily harm or death. Sorry to be lawyer on you here, but I'm just going to quote the way it more or less reads in all 50 states. If Blaine could have carried a gun, it would have just been out, boom, boom. That guy's dead, which he, the attacker's dead. He deserved it. The woman has one or more less stab wounds, and guess what? Blaine's not in the hospital with his own stab wounds. And who knows how many other people, if he hadn't stepped in. I mean, some people aren't going to step in if they didn't have a gun. I'm a lot older than this guy. I think I would be a reactionary in the sense that I think I probably would jump in there too without anything to protect myself and run the risk. But I might not. I think I would, honestly. But there's a lot of people, to no discredit of themselves, maybe they are old enough or feeble enough or whatever that they would not have the physical ability to intervene physically. But they could pull out a thirty-eight. They could pull out a Smith & Wesson three fifty-seven Magnum revolver and end it right then and there and save a bunch of lives, maybe including their own. My guess is Farzad votes Democrat. That's just a, that's just a, just a hunch. The Democrats are nowhere in sight when it comes to allowing people to protect themselves. They want to strip us of the right to defend ourselves, but they're all there to provide constant police protection for Kamala Harris and every other Democrat who's got tons of armed people around them. Oh, they're for guns when it comes to protecting them. 
But they don't like Republicans having guns. They don't want conservatives having guns. And you know why not? Because it will mean that when they are in authority, we will be harder to subjugate. We will be harder for them, to, for Cammy to put her stiletto heel into our neck when we can defend ourselves. Sounds like an exaggeration? Not at all. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Red Sky Radio is looking for the few, the proud, and the brave to sponsor portions of this program. There has never been a better time to advertise on Red Sky Radio. We've recently launched in Arizona, and the response has been outstanding. Arizona and Las Vegas need this program, and we will do everything we can to help your business grow in a rapidly expanding market of incredibly loyal listeners. So if you're in Las Vegas or the greater Phoenix area, Contact us at info at redskyradio.net and find out what Red Sky Radio can do for your business. We are back. Rob Walter, Red Sky Radio. Um, I want to cover a couple of uh, different things, let me just say here, before we uh, move on to something I want to conclude with here today. But I mentioned the piece about Kamala Harris and the absolute shameful but very easily justified, manipulative, deceptive things that Democrats do. Okay, Brett Kavanaugh. In answering a question from Ted Cruz during the hearings about religious groups being forced to support abortion and birth control through the uh, Obama uh, Care, otherwise known as the Unaffordable Care Act, this was, now listen closely to these words, this was Kavanaugh's response. They said, meaning the organization that was objecting to this imposition of immorality by Obama. He said they said filling out the form would make them complicit in the provision of the abortion-inducing drugs that they were, as a religious matter, objecting to. So, end quote. So Kavanaugh is citing something in response to Cruz's question about why this party was objecting. This is what this party said. They said filling out this form would make them complicit. So Kamala Harris comes around and conveniently leaves out the words, they said. She leaves, she she quotes part of the sentence. It's sort of like, what was it, NBC or CBS that edited that edited George Zimmerman's call to 911 and the Trayvon Martin thing to make George Zimmerman look like an obvious racist. And then he had, they deleted the words that were critical because CBS, NBC, they're all scum. I mean, CBS was a Clinton broadcasting system. ABC was the all-Barack channel. NBC was nothing but crap, and they still are. Look, they are prostitutes for the left. And they don't change. And Kamala Harris is just part of that. And do you know why people like Kamala Harris can get away with this stuff? Because she knows. she can. She, the reason she does this stuff and other Democrats do it is because they know they can get away with it. They know they are not going to be called on the carpet for lying, cheating, deceiving, leaving out keywords to create an impression of something else. So let's, let's listen to this again. Kavanaugh says, they said, this party who was doing the objecting, they said that filling out this form dealing with Obamacare would make them complicit in the provision of the abortion-inducing drugs that they were, as a matter, a religious matter, objecting to. So Cammie Baby cuts out, they said. She just quotes Kavanaugh as saying, drop out the they said. She just quotes Kavanaugh as saying, Filling out the form would make them complicit in the provision of the abortion-inducing drugs. <clears throat> do, you see, do you see what she's doing? 
And you see how critical it is when the yin-yangs in the media do not do their job and they're just out there whoring for the left? When they leave out these words, this is just how bad and sick the mainstream media is. They do this all the time. I don't tell you about it because you would get sick of me telling you about it all the time. I mean, it's just, it, it's honestly, it's disgusting to leave out two words that when left out absolutely creates the impression that what Kavanaugh was saying were his words, not the words of somebody else that he was quoting. You think there's any morality on the left? No. No, there really isn't. They call it morality. But it isn't. I, so I mentioned back, well, I'll go all the way back to when, I mean, I started, I've been saying this for about eight or nine years, actually. I can't remember the event that launched it. Which homosexual advancement of alleged rights, which means as their rights get bigger, we as Christians or just religious people generally, or just conservatives generally, or whatever, that just don't buy into the homosexual sodomistic orthodoxy. Our rights get smaller. There are only so many rights. They impose things. <clears throat> I said back then, when it was just uh, L- uh, LG, wasn't it? Just lesbian, gay. That's all it was. Then we added the B. We added had have another bisexual and then we got the transgender because the debaucheries keep lining up, which they love and are fine with, for which we need to keep adding additional initials, right? I said eight, nine years ago, I'll tell you, I said then, this is where it's going to end up. It will not end up with just domestic partner relationships. And I remember when I said this, because this is all before queer marriage other than in Massachusetts. It's not going to end up with domestic partner. They're not after that. They want to silence anybody that would call them into account and bring them into conviction for sin. That's all it really comes down to. When any, whenever we're doing something bad, we try to find our way out of it. We know it's wrong. We try to justify it. No difference here. I said, mark my words, and I have said this so many times ad nauseum, it will not end there. It will move to homosexual adoption. It will move to transgenderism. It will move to homosexual marriage. I'm going to say it will lead to polygamous marriage. It will lead to incest. And ultimately, I hope you're ready, it will lead to the legalization of bestiality. It's all in the same plane. I mean, you, they, they got other acronyms. Right? Could it be LGBTQIB, whatever? I mean, they may just have to throw on the other ones to represent those whose rights they're demanding because they want to commit bestiality or incest. People said, that's nuts. I said, no. Look, connect the dots. If you've got three dots going in, the, in one direction, where do you think the next dot's going to be in the next direction? I taught some classes on this, how to predict what the next development is going to be in the area of sexual decadence, and all you got to do is cover the past and then line up a couple of dots and put names on them and say, how does this country become worse? How does this country become more perverse? And you can figure it out. Now, why am I saying that? It's because a teacher in Ohio this week handed out a morality test. She's on paid administrative leave. You know what? If you did this and it's not a government worker, teachers are government workers. They got their paid leave. No matter, I don't care how many times you, you committed an act of pedophilia. You'd be, on a, a, you'd be on government leave, paid leave, until they, they were convinced that there actually was your third case of pedophilia before you lost your job. It's incredible how hard it is to lose your job as a teacher. A lot of good teachers. But the system accounts and makes way and a pathway and a place for lousy, grossly immoral teachers like this one in Ohio. So she hands out this morality. Sarah Gillum, language arts instructor at Hilliard Bradley High School. Language arts. <clears throat> Which I'm happy to say that Hilliard Bradley High School at least put her on paid leave and openly took a stand against her. But what she did was she put out these moral subjects in this, uh, this question uh, period, and she said, I want you to respond with one of seven choices, ranging from not okay, which is red, 
on the left over to OK, which is green on the right. This is one of the questions. Using both a condom and a pill, a brother and a sister decide that they want to sleep with each other just once to see what it would be like. Now, the students are supposed to rate that. One to seven. Okay, not okay to have sex with your sister. Oh, just once, which, of course, is designed by this stupid yin-yang teacher, grossly immoral teacher, to lead and, and almost seduce the children into an answer that wouldn't be a definite no. Because after all, well, it's just once. We're not talking about marriage. We just want to see what it's like because that's what it says. Using both a condom and a pillow, brother and sister decide that they want to sleep with each other just once, just to see what it would be like. How many students are going to say, oh, just once? Well, maybe just to see what, how, well, maybe it's not that bad. It's in the middle. And then it'll come out that half the students are okay with incest. And you go from there. I mean, this, I, I'm going to give you a second question. This is how bad it is. This is in a public school. So what are they going to say? They have been led down the stream by this question that brings them off an absolute no. That is to compromise their morals. Look, having a child in most government schools today constitutes child endangerment, child neglect, and child abuse. There's some good teachers. They just happen to be in the minority. Maybe it's a big minority, but I think they're still in the minority. Because even the good ones don't stand up to take a and, and strike against the bad ones. They don't do anything because they're too afraid to lose their job. No place in the kingdom of God for that kind of that kind of behavior. None whatsoever. So what have the students been told? Too, they have been told or prevented from judging. So they say, well, I can't judge this. I can't judge it. And says, who is it for me to say it's bad? Well, it's just once. Let's see if it's okay. Who am I to say? But you see, the teachers in this particular case, if they all came out with red, she'll say they're judging, and she would be the one who's judging those that she contends are judging. Nobody judges anybody faster than Democrats who are claiming that, that conservatives are judging people. Every time they complain about a conservative saying this or that for judging, they're the ones doing the judging. They'll deny it. Here's a question. Here's another question. Sarah's dog has four puppies. She can only find a home for two of them, so she kills the other two with a stone to the head. I got to tell you, if I had a child in that class, it would take me about a nanosecond to decide to homeschool. Or to go to a Christian school. Look at this question. She can only find a home for two of the, the four puppies, so she kills the other two with a stone to the head. There is no option for adoption, right? There is nothing else that's... So she just... Why does she just say she can only find a home for two of them, so she kills the other two by setting them on fire and then blowing them up with dynamite? This woman, Sarah Killiam, or whatever her name is, obviously an animal rights activist or something. I mean, what is the point of this type of nonsense? And I will say, these are the teachers who will tell you that they have no business teaching morality, the, the code, the, the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. We're not going to teach morality. But they think that they can teach and have an obligation to teach immorality. People say to me, well, you're going to try to force your morality on me? I said, by your question, it seems to presuppose that I don't, but it also seems to suppose that you apparently have a right to impose your immorality on the rest of us. Our country's breaking up, folks. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be any chance to pull this thing out. I I don't know. Well... I just got a minute here before we go to break. When I was in the Denver airport, I want to give you a couple of do's and don'ts when you are around TSA people. I learned a lesson, sort of, almost the hard way. Excuse me for that. 
I don't have a cough button here today. But I learned a lesson, sort of, but it has angered me because I was in the right. I was so in the right, it's ridiculous. And it's hard for me to be absolutely in the right and not make a fuss when my right position is being squelched and silenced. I'll tell you a little bit more about it. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Rob Walter, Red Sky Radio. We have a special piece at the end. Hi, this is Rob Walter, and I want you to know that we have officially moved our real estate services to Arizona. We focus on helping people with the sale or purchase of their commercial or an investment real estate. And in addition, I bring 30 years of my California legal and tax experience to the table to help support those new clients with the intricacies of buying and selling of their commercial and investment real estate. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. You will not find us on Facebook. No, not now, not ever. Contact me, Rob Walter, at info at redskyradio.net. We're back. This is Rob Walter with Red Sky Radio. Um, a little, a few tips, a little few do's and don'ts uh, when you are engaging TSA. I was in Den- coming back from Denver yesterday, and the day didn't start out well. Uh, you know, there was some traffic, the usual thing. It took forever to get from the rental car agency to the uh, terminal, and then the uh, bus only dropped you off at the one terminal, and it wasn't the terminal that I needed to go to, so you had to walk to the other terminal. And then the kiosk wasn't working where it issued your boarding passes because I didn't have the Frontier app. And so I kept losing time everywhere. So I went to through the TSA check-through there in Denver, and... Um, and, folks, I was fine, as I mentioned earlier. They had two one-minute moments of silence dealing with the playing of the bagpipes in honor of those who died on 9-11. I was fine with that. Yeah, it cost me a couple more minutes, and I wasn't, you know, I was just wanted to make this flight. And I'd given myself so much time. Now, I call me crazy, call me weird, um, call me what you will, call me over the hill, to uh, quote Bob Seeger. But... I do not go through the x-ray machine at the airport. You remember the original x-ray machines, which TSA, the government, the feds, Obama said it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, they're okay, or they're okay, and they turn out to not be okay. And then they replaced them all. And now they say these are okay, they're okay, they're okay. Look, I don't want any more x-rays in my body. So I always, always have a pat down, unless there's an option for just the metal detector. I'm okay with the metal detector. It's not an x-ray machine. No problem with the metal detector. And sometimes they'll use that. They always have them side by side. So I want to give you a couple of tips here and something you should, you should know. If you think that TSA is going to be upset at you because you ask for a pat-down instead of going through the x-ray machine, you may be right, but they cannot display it. They cannot show it. And they cannot tell you how much they don't like the fact that you're interrupting their process and their assumed protocol by diverting a party for a pat-down. And here's why. They have no idea who you are, how young you are, how old you are, how well-cut, well-groomed you are, how scraggly long hair, how many teeth. It doesn't really matter. Any person could be a TSA mole asking for a pat-down to report on how they were treated. You see, this is why they have to do it right and do it professionally because their job is on the line if they don't. Okay, just know that. Do not, there's other reasons to not like the pat-down. Don't get me wrong. But that is not one of them, to fear them for what they're going to think or that you're holding things up. They have to do it. They have to do it professionally. They run the risk that you're a mole. They lose their job. Okay? Earlier that day, before I left, I couldn't find a handkerchief. Mike, I had, 
What my mother, my mother, I hear her. Look, make sure you got clean underwear and you always have a clean handkerchief. I hear that ringing in my ears today, besides other ringing in my ears, but I hear that. I couldn't find this handkerchief I brought anywhere. I thought, I don't know where it is. I ripped the bed apart, couldn't find it anywhere. Okay, just kind of set that aside. So I am waiting. I said I would, I will like to go through the metal detector, but if I can't, if I have to go through the x-ray machine, if I have to go through the x-ray machine, I'm going to take a pat down. She said, okay, just stand over here. I was in eternity, the longest I'd ever waited. Well, I'm keeping an eye on my stuff that's already gone through so somebody doesn't walk off with my laptop and everything else I got in that bag because you, you my money clip and everything else because you got to be empty-handed going through this thing. Lo and behold, this woman, the TSA person, stops the x-ray machine and starts sending everybody through the metal detector. And I said, oh, great, I can go through. She said, no, you can't go through the metal detector. I said, well, that's the one I said I wanted to. She said, no, you already chose for an opt-out for a pat-down. you got to stick with a pat-down. I said, ma'am, I couldn't have been more specific, more specific that when I said if I have to go through the x-ray machine, I'll take a pat-down unless you'll give me, let me go through the metal detector. I said, you made your choice. You don't get to pick and choose. I said, I'm not picking and choosing. Order me to go through the metal detector. It's easy. This is crazy. KKXX, Paradise, K280GL, Chico, and K283AR. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. All over the affected areas of the Carolinas, the message is the same. Get out of the way of Hurricane Florence. In South Carolina, Horry County Emergency Manager Randy Webster says if anyone's waiting until the last minute to evacuate or prepare for Hurricane Florence, this is it. Now is the last chance you have to take the steps you need to do for your family, your pets, your friends, yourself, your property, to be ready. Go if you're in the evacuation zone. Hunker down if you're not and choose to stay. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper says time is running out for evacuations and storm preparations. If you've been asked to evacuate, don't wait. Leave now. You put your life at risk by staying. Don't plan to leave once the winds and rain start. Duke Energy says damage from Hurricane Florence could cut off electricity to three-quarters of its four million customers in the Carolinas and the outages could last for weeks. President Trump is taking steps to punish foreigners who interfere in the U.S. electoral process. The president has signed an executive order authorizing sanctions against foreigners who meddle in U.S. elections. National Intelligence Director Dan Coates says the U.S. is not currently seeing the intensity of Russian intervention that was experienced in 2016, but he didn't rule it out. He said the U.S. is also worried about the cyber activities of China, North Korea, and Iran. White House correspondent Greg Clugston. CBS's 60 Minutes executive producer Jeff Fager says he is leaving the company after being named in recent stories that accused him of fostering an abusive workplace. CBS News President David Rhodes announced the departure on Wednesday. On Wall Street, they dropped by 28 points. The Nasdaq dropped 18. The S&P up by one. Oil up to 70, 37 a barrel. More at townhall.com. All right, to all of our listeners out there who are age 75 or older and own a $100,000 life insurance policy or larger, I want you to get a pen and I want you to write this information down. If you're age 75 or older and have a $100,000 or larger life policy, did you know you can convert that life policy into cash right now? I'm not kidding. You can turn your life insurance policy into cold, hard cash. Now, I know the economy has been a struggle for many. 
People need cash. They need it right away. And you can get cash right away for your life policy. If you're over 75, you have a $100,000 or larger life policy. I want you to write this number down and give these folks a call. It's all free. Get rid of those insurance premiums. Stop paying those. Turn that policy into cash. Write this number down. 844-WE-BUY-75. Use the cash to pay bills, medical bills, whatever. Call 844-WE-BUY-75. That's 844-WE-BUY-75. Call now. Brought to you by Golden Opportunity. U.S. median income is up for the third year in a row. Typical household income adjusted for inflation jumped 1.8% to $61,372 last year. Much of that can be attributed to the number of Americans with full-time jobs. It still falls short of the record $62,000, which was set 19 years ago. Correspondent Wally Hines. The last time Britain accused two Russians of an assassination, one of them ended up in the Russian parliament. The case of Andrei Lugovoy, a key suspect in the 2006 killing of ex-KGB officer Alexander Litvinenko, shows how the two alleged Russian military intelligence operatives accused by Britain of poisoning ex-Russian spy Sergei Skripal could have lucrative careers in Russia if they go public. Vladimir Putin says the two men who British authorities use, say, use the names Alexander Petrov and Ruslan Bashirov appeared to be innocent. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. Hi, I'm Jim Daly, and I want to remind you about your vital role in helping to strengthen families today. Focus on the families working on your behalf to rescue marriages, empower moms and dads, save preborn babies, and so much more. But we need your financial